Hi, my name is Susan. I've been arrested 32 times just for listening to people talk with each other. The problem was I used to hide in the bushes outside the windows of people's homes to enjoy listening to strangers talk to each other. It's just something I like to do. I get bored and lonely sometimes, you know. Hey, Susan, don't do all that. There's another way to enjoy random conversations? Now, thanks to the podcast show, I can enjoy listening to conversations with strangers and learn something new every week. No more listening outside the window just to enjoy a good conversation. Tune in weekly on Wednesdays and subscribe for updates on your favorite platform to the Toddcast show and help our podcast family continue to grow and share around the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toddcast show. My name is Todd Murat, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. The Toddcast show is dedicated to exploring the human condition through conversation with strangers. We explore the positive, interesting, and oftentimes shocking side of human nature. In each episode of the Toddcast show, I talk with strangers in a down-to-earth, old-school, and heartfelt way about their life. Nothing is ever scripted, everything is spontaneous, positive, and we never discuss politics. You won't know what to expect next. Join in the conversation to laugh, love, learn, and grow with others around the planet. Who will I call next? Tune in to find out every Wednesday at midnight Pacific or for playback anytime on your favorite podcast listening platform. And stay connected with us at ToddCastShow.com. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Toddcast Show. Today we're joined by Danny Boy Cardenas. How you doing, Danny? Not bad at all, Todd. Thanks for having me here. Oh, man, I'm glad to have you, dude. It's really good to talk with you. Um, where are you calling from today? Sunny South Florida. Actually, a little cloudy today, but let's say it's still sunny. <laughs> sunny. What kind of temperatures are you rocking over there? Uh, humid as heck, man. It's uh, it's coastal, but it is subtropical, man. So we're in a dead humidity. It feels like 100, but it is uh. what it is. That's cool. Yeah, where I'm at, it's probably about 110 right now in uh, Henderson, Nevada. And today's been a busy day for interviews. Everybody seems to like Mondays today. For some reason, there's like four of you all together. And uh, in New York, it's 80, which is nice. And in Northern California, it's a, a balmy 100 degrees, which is kind of unusual for that area. So now that everybody knows the weather, that's good. But yes, I think I'd almost rather be where you are. At least you can jump right in the ocean and cool off, you know. <laughs> True. It's got its perks. <laughs> Absolutely. And so where were you born, Danny? I was born in Washington, D.C., the belly of the beast. Oh, no way. Really? Yeah. Man. That's Absolutely. cool. That's cool. And do you have siblings? Yeah, I've got two brothers. I'm the youngest. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, man. Um, Me too. Okay, okay, cool. What are they, a uh, boy, girl? Uh, we're all boys. My mom... Um, Lucked out. She got, uh, you know, four boys and only one of us was really misbehaved. And that one was me. Actually, I'm the baby. Okay. Okay. Understood. Yeah. I've got uh, two brothers myself. So all males. I'm sure my dad was happy about that, but. Right. Right. <laughs> How old are you in the mix? Are you the first, last or the middle? 
I'm uh, last, man. I'm the baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Cool. Right on. We share that in common. How cool. Are your parents still together? No, they actually separated long ago, but they had a nice little run. Oh, um, man. So yeah. It was good while it lasted. Very cool. Very cool. And what's an early memory? Like if you were to stretch your mind back further than anybody in society has ever asked you to go in your mind, how far back can you remember a memory in your childhood? Like even in the infancy, if you can get there, what's your first memory that comes to mind as an infant or a child? Absolutely. Good question, man. And it's not a surprise because it involves travel. That's kind of something that gets logged in your mind forever, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, my family's from Bolivia, okay, oh. in South America. And so I was born here, but at the age of four, we moved there for about a year, Bolivia, the capital, La Paz. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember just uh, quite vividly a few scenes, but memorable, uh, walking around the city, um, big Andean city, high elevation. It's unforgettable, really. And um, a few scattered memories. That's honestly the earliest recollection of my life that comes to mind. And again, it's not a surprise. I mean, you're traveling elsewhere, you know, so it makes sense. How old were you again? Four. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's cool. Right on, man. Very cool. Very cool. And you were with your family at the time, I take it? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. Right on. Everybody all went down there and or were down there and everything. How did you get to the United States? Is that where you are now? Yes, you are in the United States. Hold on a second. I'm still thinking about Bolivia. <laughs> hey, there you go, man. You're man. Some Great place. It's, it's, it's a, I'm actually a terrible, terrible traveler. Like I'm scared to death of flying. I hate it. And it's really kept me from enjoying a lot of experiences in life, to be honest with you. And it's just one of those things, man. But like I had two years of recurring dreams where I was dying in an airplane. I've seen so many plane crashes in my mind and I've seen flames and people dying like in ways that I didn't recollect from a TV show. Like just something about it, like just really freaks me out. It makes me wonder, like, you know, why am I so afraid? But I get sick and everything. So yeah, I don't think I'll be ever going to Bolivia, but I'll check it out on YouTube. <laughs> hey. You can experience it vicariously through me. Follow me yeah. If I go there, you might be seeing it through my lens. About- oh, dude, that'd be amazing. Yeah. And who knows, man? Honestly, like part of it is my mental and emotional, you know, block against it. So like I claim to live by a spirit of love instead mm-hmm. of a spirit of fear. That's one of my things that I try to live by. But when I think of it, I really am in a spirit of fear sometimes. And uh, I can justify it, you know what I mean? And uh, it's probably not a good thing because it really cuts you short, you know, from other experiences you could have. So maybe it's something I should work on, but I'm still afraid of it. <laughs> hey, in due time, brother, like everything else, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. So like growing up, uh, what um, was life like for you growing up as a child? Yeah, man, for sure. So I grew up in, um, let's see, the Washington, D.C. area. Remember, I was born in Washington, the belly of the beast. Yeah. So um, grew up there for the most of my childhood. I had that one intermittent stop in Bolivia and then later uh, neighboring Argentina. That was from like the ages of four to five. Oh, beautiful. from there, we moved back here to the States, back to the D.C. area. And it was nice, man. Calm, um, upbringing, really um, in the outskirts of D.C., uh, Reston, Virginia. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the area. I am. Uh, I was born in Newport News. Okay, there you go. Bad news, Newport, right? <laughs> now it is. Okay. It wasn't back then, though. That's good, man. At least you enjoyed it, right? 
Well, no, um, I was only there until I was two. You know, what do I know? But I'll scratch that, man. <laughs> yeah, it's all yeah. good, you know. Yeah, man, just uh, peaceful upgrading, man. Uh, just the usual stuff, man. Just playing with my brothers. Um, just growing up, uh, nothing really memorable that I can think of out of this world. Ended up moving uh, to Florida, where I'm at now at the age of uh, seven. Uh, and same, man, just the continuity of just a you know, regular childhood for the most part, man. Right on, man. And um, so your parents, let me ask you a question. Like, what do you think some of the lessons that you learned from each of your parents were? And how did that affect your life um, in the context of, you know, your growth and development and having siblings and all that? Absolutely, man. So, you know, we have to be honest here. You know, we look up to our parents when we're really small. But as life progresses, we obviously get to see the ugly too, right? It is what it is. It's part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let me break it down this way from my mother. Uh, just absolute uh, uh, joyous uh, spirit. Always uh, mm-hmm. happy with a smile on her face. A sincere mm-hmm. one, even when things weren't going so well. Whether wow. it was in the household or work. That's what I got from her ingrained in me. Uh, my father, a lot less joyful outwardly, if you will. However... What I learned from him, man, is just uh, dog-hearted toughness in terms of, uh, you know, work ethic, if you will, and discipline overall. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with his own imperfections, I'm able to reflect back and say, man, he was actually a good example in many ways, even with all his deficiencies. And again, you know, same goes for all of us, man. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And uh, you were close with all your siblings. Were you all well-behaved or were any of you like, you know, problem children? As kids, kids, no, we were good. We were teenagers. I I, honestly, I mean, I'll vouch for myself. I, I kept the straight arrow path. My brother's oh. a little more rowdy, but as mm-hmm. children, chill, man. No problems, really. I think we were pretty good for the most part. It could have been worse. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Exactly. Yeah, things could always be worse or a little better, depending upon how you look at it. You know, sure. um, that's really cool. And so um, were you a good student in school? Interesting. Good question. A mixed bag, man. And here's where I dig into, you know, my persona today, digging into my passions. I was always passionate about things like um, um, history and geography. So I excelled mm-hmm. in those courses, right? As a kid, mm-hmm. my heart, therefore, focus were in those um, areas. When it came to things like math or science, it wasn't my thing personally. So I didn't put my all into it. So I suffered. So I was a mixed bag, if you will. A's in one side of the equation, maybe an F minus on the other. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. Me too. Um, and especially in college, you know, it was, uh, oh my God, I got stopped by intermediate algebra and uh, I loved my astronomy class. I loved mm-hmm. my English class. I aced both of those. And uh, biology was a nightmare, but science was great and humanities was the best. Like, wow. Um, so I feel you, man. Yeah, some places it's like, man, I wish they would have an alternate way around those courses because they're just not meant for everyone <laughs> dude it's, it's sad because um it's almost a cookie cutter formula in my opinion the way the education is system is stuff and this is a whole other conversation but i think you might see where i'm getting at you know they kind of just present everyone with the same curriculum but you can't expect everyone like you just said a few moments ago to like the same thing so if a kid is failing in one area it's not because he's a bad student or he doesn't care. His heart's just not in it. And the heart mm-hmm. is moving. Even when you're a child, you might even be more aware of, you know, matters of the heart when you're a kid, really. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're mm-hmm. more you're more innocent. You're less, 
influenced by the outside world, things like, you know, politics and other ideas. You're just a human being experiencing freely, if you will. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Were you an ADHD kid? No, honestly. Maybe I was, but I don't think I was. No? Okay. Just curious. I just wondered, yeah, that played a role in my hatred of math <laughs> and it wasn't the hatred it's just i didn't understand it man and like i don't think i've ever had a geometry class i went to a private school and just missed it you know and never got a foreign language until i went to college and just really missed the boat man i wished that i was a little more prepared while everybody else was doing uh spanish you know i was like riding my skateboard <laughs> hey there you go man but it's cool. You know, it is what it is, man. That's cool. Very cool. And so how did things uh, turn? It looks like we're going to get to the meat of your story a little faster than normal. But um, how did things turn as you went into adulthood for you to start to understand your purpose? Like, at what age did you start realizing you had a purpose or a, a passion in the world and that sort of thing? Absolutely. So for me, the order of events was starting with the latter, uh, discovering my passion. And leading up to my purpose, which is what I'm doing now. Let me explain. Mm-hmm. Please. Up until the age of 20, when it came, when it comes to the uh, the physical, I was overweight. I used to yo-yo a lot of my weight. And I always mm-hmm. felt bad about it, but I never took action. I just had bad habits personally. Bad eating habits, no discipline, etc. Which is ironic because I just mentioned my dad who's disciplined in general. I probably should have picked up on it earlier, right? Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Okay. Maybe a re- rebellious thing, right? So, um at the age of 20, I decided to lose weight. I went from 201 pounds down to 145 in three freaking months, man. I killed myself and I got it done. How'd you do that? I actually did, believe it or not, the Herbalife diet, man. It really? Worked. Yes, it works, man. <laughs> Herbalife diet? I tried the cabbage soup diet and I lost 40 pounds on that a long, long time ago, but okay. I tried it again not long ago and it didn't work as well. I think I lost like five pounds. Okay, you know, understood, understood, man. Herbalife, huh? Okay, I'll look into yeah, that because I'm actually looking to lose some weight and get in shape myself. I just joined a gym and okay. I'm trying to make those better decisions like you're going to be talking about here, I think, in a minute. No, absolutely, man. So, yeah, I lost all the weight and that sparked an interest, a passion in me, physical fitness. And mm-hmm. I'm 32, year old, 32 years old now. From the age of 20, um, I never looked back in physical fitness. I've become very disciplined in it. Now, as I'm older now, I've come to realize, because of different reasons and factors, that I need to dig into my passion because I love it. So what better thing to offer to the world as a service, a career, than your passion? Because people feel your energy when you talk about your passion. Your eyes lit up without even thinking about it. So it's sellable in a good way to help others. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, man. It's no gimmick. It's real. It's organic. It's what Danny Boy loves. And so uh, that's driven me into my purpose now, just getting people right physically, mentally, man. Uh, Personal development all around the board. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So do you consider yourself a coach? Yes, sir. Absolutely. I just started my journey, man, and just building up. Right on, man. That is beautiful. Yeah, you're already an inspiration to me just hearing about this. And I read a little bit about you. And I've got some questions that have been on my mind here. And I'm curious about some things. And just want to dive into how the discipline process works and how you were able to make those changes and some advice maybe you'd have for us listening today that, uh, you know, could help us make those better decisions and see the results and become inspired like you have. Sure, absolutely. Mm hmm. 
So what do you think? Yeah, man. So yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to discipline, uh, most folks, I feel like they see it as something that someone's either got or they don't, right? Mm-hmm. Like a gift, if you will. And it's understandable because when people lack discipline, they want it deep down inside, even if they say I don't care, right? Mm-hmm. People want to be the person who's consistent in everything that they do, not just in dieting, but in everything, the control, their temperament, their relationships, etc. Just an all around good citizen, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. However, here's the thing in hope. It's that it's an acquired skill set. Okay. And like any other skill set, how are they built? Through mm-hmm. repetition, repetition, implementation. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so by creating good daily habits and being consistent with, with them, consistent with them, you become a disciplined person. Okay. And that leads on to everything, man. We're talking uh physical health, mental health, et cetera, you become disciplined, okay? It's not just a word any longer. It's who you are. And anyone can do it because, again, a skill set can be attained by anyone. You don't have to be gifted in order to, you know, acquire it. Good, man. Good, good, good. So talk about the transformation and how it all works. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing in the very beginning, it's extra hard because you're not used to it. How do you break through that and keep going? Absolutely, man. Um, two things come to mind, okay? One is just an iron will to forge yourself into a disciplined person. It's going to take daily action. It's going to suck. And like you said, when you're not used to something, when you're not conditioned to something, literally, it's a process, man. You're going to get your butt kicked for the first few days, weeks, even months. But as long as you have that bigger vision, you know, vision is a word that's thrown a lot. It's thrown around a lot nowadays, but there's truth mm-hmm. to it, man. Um, when you really just envision yourself in this scenario, becoming a disciplined person, you just got to go at it, man. Write yourself a list of what you believe a disciplined person does. What does he or she do? Does he or she read daily? Do they exercise daily? And just frankly, keep it simple, stupid. I love that term, man. It's so true in my mind. Yeah, me too. Just practice those tasks daily, man. You're going to screw up. It's inevitable. Or maybe you're a unicorn. You might not miss for 100 days straight. Who knows, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, that's it, man. Just writing down important tasks and executing daily. Even if you suck it at first, eventually you'll become what you're seeking, man. 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, to, just to kind of backtrack a little bit, just out of curiosity, did you play sports and all that when you were younger? Funny enough, I did not, man. I had a fear of participating in team sports. I was just very oh. insecure about myself, man. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. That was actually one of the best things for me. I got to play in team sports in my um, private school. And it was I was also very socially awkward and nervous and all that. Like when I'd get up to bat, I was a nervous wreck. But, you know, you do what you got to do. But, yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. Um, Do you regret that ever? Like thinking back, like, you know, your whole life would have been different, right, if you got into sports or no? Honestly, no. Here and there, I have um, maybe slight correction, feelings of regret. Like I missed out on things like the camaraderie. And, you know, I'm sure you can attest to this. I personally can't because I didn't experience it. But I would imagine um, really the feeling of brother and sisterhood that's obtained playing team sports. It's an experience. It's not just the sport itself, right? It's more than that, right? It's culture, right? right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, funny enough, man, now we're getting to like deeper psychological things. Mm -hmm. I'm actually glad I didn't participate. Why? 
I think that deep down inside, that is a burning ember inside of me. Like, hey, you didn't do it then, but you can do it now through a solo sport, bodybuilding. You see what I'm saying? That inner drive? Yeah, Yeah, man. Absolutely. That's cool. Good way to look at it, man. Yeah, you really turned that around. Um, What do you think is some of the keys to discipline that uh, make things work? Um, Just dog-hearted consistency, man. And um, it may sound oprah-simplistic, but it is, man. It's just just doing the same thing that you know you have to do. That's healthy, of course. Just daily, man. No um, excuses, okay? Um, And that's really it, man. It may sound overly simple again, but that's what it is, man. Most things in life that are beautiful, man, they really are, bro. Just black and white. From experience, I tell you. Absolutely. How many hours a day does it take to train to get in good shape in record time like that? Absolutely. Well, when I lost the weight uh, on the Herbalife diet, I lost the 56 pounds in three months. Um, basically, uh, to make sense of how fast I did that, is that diet is based on a massive caloric deficit. You're literally just having two protein shakes a day and a, a medium-sized dinner. So you're just depleting yourself of you know calories. So of course, you're going to lose fat even if you don't work out, right? <laughs> and so add on working out on top of that daily, maybe like an hour on or a half a day. You don't even have to go crazy. Those two things combined, caloric deficit and lifting to burn more calories, that's what's going to cause you to lose a lot of weight fast. Now, obviously the Herbalife diet, by the way, I'm describing the diet as it was 12 years ago. It it might've changed now. I I don't know. Right. Um, But um, yeah, the, the basis of it, just caloric deficit and um, exercise. You're burning calories on top of negating yourself calories so of course your body's gonna lose fat it's gonna look for uh, energy elsewhere okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's how you can lose a lot of fat fast herbalife diet obviously might be a little extreme right but the basis is there for fat mm-hmm. loss yeah. mm-hmm. can you augment that with like certain foods and things so that you don't like starve or like uh do you get hungry or how does that work uh, I get hungry as heck, man. When you're in a caloric deficit, your body's screaming for nutrients. Um, mm. So there's really, from personal experience, whether it's the Herbalife diet or not, man, when you're dieting hard like that, you're going to feel hungry. What might help, just drinking plenty of water mm-hmm. uh, to keep your stomach full. But even that is a temporary um, filling of your appetite, maybe for a few minutes, I mean. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. there's nothing like having real food to satisfy your hunger for a few hours. You know, there's totally. no really around that, man. <laughs> wow. What about like coffee and Gatorade and stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, again, those can um, help uh, supplant the feeling of hunger. But I think just from a few for a few minutes, man. Um, and then you start feeling hungry again. Cause again, it's not like you're in taking solid food. It's just liquid, you know, it's going to come out the other end, uh, shortly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool. Yeah. I, I'll, I actually personally am going to look into that and see, um, you know, how that might look for me. Cause I've been looking for a better diet option and I honestly eat like once a day, man, already. So like, I'm already conditioned for this. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's good. When I start working out though, I'm assuming that I'm going to get a lot more hungry than I'm used to. And all those kinds of things will change. Um, mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's, uh, that's the way it is. So, um, did you ever have to deal with things like anger? Like, did you ever have problems with stress or any of that kind of stuff? Oh, for sure, man. And I still have my moments like us all, right? Um, 
But really, um, yeah, growing up, I would have my little temper tantrums, mood swings. As I got older, into my 20s, lesser. I'm 32 now, man, and um, I still have my moments again, but I've just gotten so much better overall, man. Just through years of just, you know, ingesting personal development content, but also just practicing it in, in person. You know, funny enough, Todd, I think I've unlocked a hack, if you will, mm. um, when it comes to rediverting anger. And maybe okay. you're familiar with this, maybe you're not, but I think it can help everyone that's listening too. I know it's helping Thank me you. daily. Mm-hmm. So would you agree that, um, you know, anger, like all emotions, is it's pretty much energy, mm-hmm. right? Like you can actually feel it in your pores, in your body when you get angry. Your breathing yes. changes, you might start sweating. It's literally energy transmuted into the physical, if you see what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Now, anger, I've learned from experience, man, it's completely natural. It's an emotion. Like everyone feels joy, excitement. Anger's coming, gonna come about. Everyone's gonna feel it, man. Whether you're Mother Teresa or the Dalai Lama, everyone feels anger. Everyone's human, right? Some just know how to control it better. And so, how about when you do get angry? Because it's inevitable. It's gonna happen. You redirect that energy, that frequency, into something positive—a thought or an action, even something as small as a smile or a deep breath to collect your thoughts and cool down. And then you can use anger to your advantage. It's not something to run away with from. You can't. It's natural, right? So why not make use of what you got? Doesn't that make sense? <laughs> Dude, it's crazy, man. I, I don't know what this is. This is an unusual pattern. But for anybody that listens to every week of the show, uh, you and the last two people uh, before you have all said the same thing in different ways. It's beautiful, mm. man. It's completely beautiful. Yeah. Energy, dude. It's all about energy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's really cool, man. That's really cool. Um, so, I mean, aside from physical fitness and things like that, what motivates you? What motivates me, man? Frankly, I'll say it without any reservations. I just want to be the best person that I can be. And I know that's obviously uh, a popular thing to say, but I really mean it in detailed way, though. Um, in all aspects, mind, body, spirit, you know, physically, I want to be in tip top shape always and get better as I age. Um, and, you know, the fact is that most of us fall off after, say, high school physically, we kind of give up. But I think that we're in our prime till the day we die. Our body is a temple, man. It's just got to take care of it always. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with spirit, uh, tying into managing things like anger and practicing gratitude, all those things, man, just looking to be the best in that realm. And as far as the uh, mental, just, you know, using as much brain power as I can, reading daily, implementing what I've learned, listening to podcasts like this one. I'm going to have it on repeat probably afterwards. I do think <laughs> you have me here, man. My um, pleasure. So, yeah, just trying to be the best I can, man, in mind, body, spirit. I really freaking mean that. Not just theoretically, but in, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for in practice. Yeah, brother. I feel you, man. And uh, honestly, there's one thing that um... – it's been on my mind to speak with you about, and uh, I think you'll, you know, you'll really have a lot to say about this, but I'm really curious about this because I live in a new place. I just moved to the Henderson area near Las Vegas from Arizona, and I'm in a new spot, new people, and I'm slowly getting to know people, and it's starting to work out, but it's a slow process, and 
the heat and all that has been a nightmare, but I've noticed like reaching out to people in different ways and like, forget about online dating, unless you look like you do, you, you know, you're in great shape and all that stuff. Maybe my profile picture needs a few workouts. Um, but like the bottom line is that people do seem afraid to like reach out and connect. And there seems to be a spirit of fear amongst people to meet and connect with people in person. And like, I've noticed some of that personally. And I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit. Dude, it's like you read my mind. Uh, you know, it's a recurring thought that I have. And it's that, you know, people for one reason or another, whether it's the stresses in their own life or the influence of media on their minds, whether it's, you know, constant, uh, you know, just information overpour into their brains, you know, they're just almost um, distracted or really just. Uh, dissuade from interacting with others they're almost afraid of the world you know they have an image a bad image of the world and people i believe feel like they're going to be hurt by strangers but by speaking to you i feel no fear i feel like there's a good energy here I and mean, we don't know each other well yet but okay. you know i think if we all thought that way like this person isn't so bad and they have the same, if not worse, problems that I do personally, mm-hmm. then we can maybe get a little chat going. Like, it's not that serious. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's mm-hmm. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, I just wonder, you know, sometimes, because I remember I'm 51, so I've got a few years on you. And I'll tell you this, like, things were really different, man. Like, back in the day, it was a lot different, and people were very open and all that. But I think as crime and society progressed into a state of uh, whatever you want to call it, um, with all kinds of things going on, I think people are just, like, naturally kind of like, oh, my God, I really don't know what to expect, so maybe I should just hide from everybody. (laughs) But that's a terrible idea. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, that's interesting, man, you say that because I didn't I didn't grow up in that area as you did. I remember I'm, I'm 32, where at least a generation uh, separated. And mm-hmm. so it's pretty cool that you mentioned that society was a lot more open when you were growing up, which is ironic because that's how I feel it should be. But I grew up in a different generation. It, it feels like I'm an old soul almost. But I think uh, that's something to be not just preserved, but um nurture that idea that we have thinking that people had when you were growing up the openness mm-hmm. like, it's okay your neighbor's gonna not gonna bite your head off like he's he or she is cool it's not a big deal. yeah exactly now i will say um on the flip side and uh we've got some time so i'll share a little story with you if that's all right yeah um, so I grew up in Irvine, California, and uh, that's in Southern California, and it was a nice place, and my mom and my brother and I lived there uh, before my brother took off to live in Texas, and uh, so one day, I was this little kid, and uh, my mom was a bicycle safety officer at the Irvine Police Department at the time, and uh, my brother was a... Uh, Let's see, what did he do? He was working at a gas station for a while, but he was a police a, a police explorer, they called it, which is kind of like a junior trainee police officer before you go in the academy. Like, he spent a lot of time doing, you know, it's volunteering and 
all kinds of really cool things. It was really neat to be around all that. And uh, so long story short, my brother's gone one day. My mom is upstairs and uh, I forget who we were waiting for, but we were waiting for somebody to come over. And so I was this, you know, very excited little ADHD kid, like the Energizer Bunny that never stopped. And so I ran down to the end of the street in this apartment complex where we lived and it was a nice neighborhood and never, ever was there a problem. And I mean, I've been all over that whole city at night and in the daytime by myself, you know, all through my, my, uh, growing up, we left in high school. But, um, anyway, this particular day I was probably, um, five or six maybe. And I was standing on the corner of the street and some guy pulled up in a car and there was a school right across the street from where I lived at the time. It was, um, an elementary school and, uh, there was like little hills and stuff. And if you went back over there, like, you know, nobody could see you from the street or anything like that. So this guy showed up and I'll never forget, you know, it was really weird, you know, and just one of those strange memories that stuck with me. And, uh, for some reason I'm thinking about it right now, talking to you, but, um, the, the difference in how things change. So this guy pulled up to me in the car and said, Hey, uh, so I lost my contact lens and I want you to help me find it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was a stupid little kid thinking, oh, okay, well, gosh, some guy wants me to help him find his contact lens. And it was getting dark. And he said, why don't you meet me behind the school? And I was like, okay. Like, I was like, I had no idea. I didn't know who this guy was. And I'm just a little kid. And so I ran home and I went looking through my stuff. My mom's sitting on the couch and uh, she's like, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm getting my flashlight to help the man look for his contact lens. And and she's like, what? What in the hell are you talking? about and so before i knew it there was like a dozen cops all over looking for this guy i guess and um i guess i dodged a bullet that day but um, that was that was an exception to the rule man and i remember the very first time there was ever a shooting in public on a freeway it was on highway 57 i want to say 55 or 57 but i think it was 57 and it was somebody that was just pissed off and shot a gun into somebody else's car and man that was big news like it was like space aliens landed you know it was huge and now it's like unfortunately that sort of thing can happen all over the place in different cities at any moment at any time every day you know that's the difference and so So just to help you kind of appreciate the difference of what old school is, what I represent and what this weird new world is, is like there was less of a need for defensiveness, man. And like there was less of a need for barriers and protections because generally speaking, you could trust people more and you knew that like for the most part, like you're going to probably come out in a good way you don't have to worry about somebody trying to rape rob or murder you um you know like you could get in a stranger's car and get a ride you could pick up a hitchhiker i mean those things happened a lot and uh you know it was not a big deal man and like these days you're taking your life into your hands man and you know it's just crazy dude it's like uh just thinking about it as i get older you know because i still feel young you know and although i'm 51 i feel like i'm still your age and my mind but i realize my body doesn't agree with that so i need to either get my body to catch up where my mind is or i gotta adjust some things brother but like you know it's like you'll see um you'll be in better shape to face it but uh, the reality is that 
you know, you have a lot to be grateful and thankful for, for being able to have the attitude that you have in the face of all the uncertainties and stuff. And I really admire you for that and just what you're presenting here today already, you know. Um, but I have to tell you, it's like if you could go back and be a certain age in like 1985, you know, in certain town USA, whatever that is, um, you, you might really like it, you know, and uh, you might really be surprised, you know, and feeling like, wow, this is different, you know, and all these kids playing together in different ways and like all the parents trust each other and like people help each other more. And it was just different all the way around, I think, you know, so there's a little educational history for you of uh my past but yeah i think things have changed quite a bit so you know um yeah i don't know what else to say about that but i really miss those times i'll, I'll be honest with you danny you know i miss them a lot dude because something gets lost when people learn to hate and hurt and murder and steal instead of love and it's so simple and like the simple commitment of love towards your fellow human being is so important and i think honestly dude that's one of the biggest problems with what's going on today man because of people being socialized to believe that certain things are okay when they're really not you know on any level um so yeah, it's a it's a crazy thing, man. But that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it, because I think it would be wise to talk about, you know, maybe ways that people can safely reach out to other people. And that's part of what this podcast is really dedicated to is helping people realize that, you know what, man, like you and I have never met, like we don't know each other at all. Um, you know, maybe we'll connect after this. That would be amazing. But if we hadn't crossed paths, we wouldn't have been able to share these thoughts and the knowledge that we have. We wouldn't be able to inspire each other. And thank God we're recording it and we can share it with people. But the idea is that people want to learn how to make changes that are healthy, positive, and safe. And I think that's the challenge really is safety mostly. But like, what do you think uh, are some maybe thoughts that you'd have related to how people can change their attitudes about being more sociable and not have to expose themselves to danger, which I know is a fine line. Absolutely, man. Funny you mentioned that. By the way, that was beautiful storytelling, man. And um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> you know, let me be upfront, upfront with you. You know, Please. back to talking about your question, the human condition, basically, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, going back to my childhood, like I said originally, we had a lot of good times uh, for mm -hmm. the most part. However, there were discrepancies in character, if you will, uh, from my parents, you know, as human beings that had their flaws too. Mine too. Um, yeah, 100%, man. So my mom, very joyful, beautiful spirit. Um, but unfortunately, she did find herself in a um, relationship that was uh, rather toxic, if you will. It had its good oh. moments, but also it's bad um, with substance abuse from my father, um, alcoholism. Um, now, he was a good man overall, man. Like I said, discipline and many positive, healthy things. But at the same time, he had his demons like we all do. And so that created a uh, chaotic environment at home. And here's what I mean by chaotic. One day would be happy and peaceful. The next would be, um, uh, if you will, polar opposite, you know, with the drinking involved, anger coming out, resentments, things like that. And so what's interesting is like looking back, I see it as a gift, okay, growing up in that 
at times chaotic household. Um, because that's caused me to really dig into, again, the human condition and why we are how we are, why we feel the way we feel about certain things and really our general thought processes. And so being able to de- deconstruct the ugly that I saw has caused me to try to do the opposite, right? Try to figure out how to be uh, mentally healthy, how to have an even temperament, how to stay away from vices like drinking excessively, if you will. I'll still have my drinks here and there. You know, I still like to enjoy myself as a human being. But Yeah, that's cool. Exactly, man. So looking back at those chaotic times has really helped me deconstruct them into forming the man that I want to be. Again, going back to the disciplined person and everything in mind, body, and spirit. Because I experienced the bot. But now it's time to create the good. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, if we as a collective saw the world that way, that our brothers and sisters out there in public, whoever they are, people we cro- we walk across the street every single day, don't even make eye contact with. If we yeah. understood that we're all so imperfect, that's what makes us perfect. <laughs> things would be a lot better, man. We'd be more open to communication. We'd be more trusting. Like when you grow up, things were obviously imperfect when you grew up too in society, but you sure. know, I get the feeling, especially from your explanation that people were more open to at least talk to each other um, despite it all, you know? So yeah, man, that's why the get that, man. That's beautiful. And do you think that, um, you know, do you think that people just walking around ever think about this? Uh, Because that's one of the funny things I find that when I get to break the ice and talk with somebody, I find out things about them. And it's really interesting. But when you're just walking by somebody like in a store, and I mean, always the attraction thing between man and woman or man and man, woman, woman, whatever your thing is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the idea is that there's some kind of a connection always with somebody, it seems, when you go out. But very rarely do we act upon those things. And it seems to me that like when we feel something and see someone or meet someone, it's like that's the time to take action and say, hi, you know, how you doing? (laughs) Dude, 100%, man. Um, This quote, your conscience is the authentic voice of God. That comes from... Wes Watson. I'm not sure if you know who that is. I don't, but that's a great quote. Oh, man. He's a personal development extraordinaire. He's actually my coach. He's taught me um, um, how to do um, coaching online for fitness, and that's what I'm getting into. Oh, whoa. Wait a second. Wes Watson, the criminal, the prisoner guy? Yes. That's oh, it. dude, I love him, man. I've dude. watched a bunch of his videos. Bro, so. I, I know who he is. I'm sorry. Yeah, man. He's unforgettable, man. He's unique. He's not replicable, right? So that's one of his um, his quotes. Your conscience is the authentic voice of God. What does he mean by that? This is my interpretation of it, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever your conscience speaks to you, in other words, your gut tells you to do something, just do it, man. I mean, I mean, there's no really thought behind it. It's just natural, like anger. Remember we were talking about anger and all the other emotions? Yes. If it comes to you naturally without even thinking about it, then it might just be true. And so same thing goes when you're in a gas station, like you said, and you see somebody or you just walk past them and your gut tells you to say hi, but you decide not to out of fear, out of social anxiety because of the way things are nowadays, for example, or just being up in arms about everything, self-preservation. You miss out on so much. And if we look at things differently, man, like, hey, my brother or sister here, 
they probably got more problems than me right now. Maybe saying hi would help them out, man. You know what I mean? Little things, mm-hmm. man. Whatever you're walking mm-hmm. past, the, like a beaten housewife, and a little smile could change your fucking day. And sorry for the cursing, but oh I no, no, please, it, it's not a problem. Yeah, I, I sometimes I just have to turn the profanity thing on so people will know, but I don't care. Yeah, you can okay, you okay. can let it slide if you want. We're just a couple of dudes, man. So it's oh, all good. So yeah, man, just to tie into what you're saying there, man. That's amazing. Um, so you think that people are really, you know, overlooking the simple opportunity in everyday life just by, you know, ignoring their gut. And I want to hear you tell someone as a coach why they should follow their gut. Like for real, like what's on the line, man? Absolutely, man. So just really the guilt of not acting on your gut, in particular, if it's something that your gut is telling you that's healthy to do. For example, going back to the fitness and discipline, right? What we were talking about originally. If you're someone who wants to get in shape, okay, your conscience is literally screaming at you, right? Like, come on, man, get to work. Uh, stop doing the things that you're doing that aren't good for you. Eating like garbage, if you will, not putting in the effort. You know it's true because, again, it's your conscience, the authentic voice of God. It's no denying it. So every time you pass on that, I've felt this a million times. Remember, I was very overweight when I was a kid. Don't you just feel guilty when you just kind of skip out on what you know you have to do? Yeah. It's like, dude, I know better, man. But you just kind of just stay in that puddle of guilt and you just continue doing the same thing over and over again, which is what you're not supposed to be doing, man. So if you're just to listen to your conscience, man, just keep it real with yourself and just put in the effort, even if you feel like garbage, fatigued, tired, get to work, man, exercise, pick up a book and read, you know, just do it consistently as much as you can. And over time, it'll become a habit and it'll become who you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're about down to 15 minutes here just so you know, and I want to make sure that we cover all the bases of things that we can offer our listeners today for, um, you know, just a little advice. And also I want to introduce your business and how you can help people and what you do. And maybe we could talk a little bit about how you help people and the type of person that would come to you for assistance. Yeah. Appreciate that, man. Absolutely. So, what I teach people is just um, excellence in mind, body, and spirit. Just um, to just live an overall happy life out of pride by creating someone that you can count on. You know, ultimately, whether the world is perfect or not, you can't count on everyone. People have their own problems. They will let you down. Usually not out of malice. People just for some reason... They don't keep their commitments. It happens. I've done it a million times. I'm sure you have too, right? Yeah. And so if you can't trust anyone, which is normal, it's okay. I mean, you're not supposed to, right? Not everything is going to be sunshine and rainbows. Who can you trust all the time? Or should you be able to is the question. Oh, God, man. There you go. That's what I think it is. It's all about the big G, man. There you go, man. Mm -hmm. And I believe that God's work is done vicariously through you on this earth. And so be the person that you can always count on to be there by constructing a system of daily habits that make you feel good because you never miss, you never skip out on your word, okay? And that again, like Wes Fossil would say, is the authentic voice of God, tying back to what he just said, 100%. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And uh, people that are struggling with different things, like um, what kind of person do you usually work with? Um, anyone and everyone, really. Whoever um, just wants to make a change and is down to get to work. It doesn't matter, man. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are, man, woman, skin color. Who cares, man? All human beings ultimately deep down inside want to be fit and healthier. And so be it, man. I'm just a vessel and I'm here to help whoever. That's it. Right on, man. Right on. And then uh, once you achieved your physical fitness like that, I'd imagine it doesn't, you know, it takes time and everything, but mm -hmm. like everything changes, right? Like your feelings and your energy and all that stuff improves dramatically, correct? Absolutely, man. Because think about it like this. Your body is what God gave you as your vessel to experience this physical world. Okay, that's the way I see it. Um, and so your body, as the old saying goes, is your temple. Mm -hmm. If you maintain your temple as best you can in good fitness, okay, physical shape, conditioning, then it's representative of much more than that. It represents that you're a person who him or herself is Again, just discipline. I mean, the body's a reflection of everything else, how you feel about yourself. You take pride in yourself, so you put in a daily work into your physique, your dieting. And that reflects onto everything else that you do. Um, Bedros Koulian, I'm not sure who he, if you know who that is. He's I the don't. CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp, a big worldwide chain of uh, you know fitness-style uh, bootcamp centers, okay? He's, he's huge, man. Anyways, he's got this saying, I believe he coined it, I could be wrong, but I, I heard from him first on Instagram. Um, how you do anything is how you do everything. All right. Mm. So if you think about that, if you're someone who puts in the daily work into their physique, it's going to trickle down to everything else that you do, how you carry yourself with your temperament, your relationships, how you attack your work, the way you attack your podcast. Okay. So how you do one thing is how you do everything. It all stops with the, uh, the vessel that's put you on this earth to get things done, your body. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, man, that's good. That's sound advice. Yeah, it's like um, priming the pump for putting the right uh, fuel in the engine. Otherwise, you know, it just don't run right. Correct. There you go. Huh. Yeah, that's very cool, man. Very, very cool. Awesome. Wow. And um, Jeez, man. So it really just starts with a decision and a commitment to make that change. And then once you start doing it, you just don't stop. You can't ever give up. It's that uh, never stop can do attitude that makes it happen, right? Absolutely, man. That's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. It starts in the mind and it's exemplified through the body. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, I don't want to miss anything. I know we're getting close here, but uh, is there anything in particular that you were thinking about or something that might be on your heart that you might like to share with our listeners today? Let's see. You know, just in particular, frankly, whether you get yourself a coach or not, it comes down to your just desire to get better. And one yeah. thing is desire and the other is really acting on it, right? Um, you can only go so far, man, with uh, beautiful thoughts and visions for yourself, your family, whoever it is. But, you know, if you don't actually put in the actionable steps, even if you stink at first, to be frank, you're not going to get anywhere. You can't be embarrassed to, you know, fail and look like a clown because you might probably will in the beginning. It's normal, right? Like anything else that you do. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, and I just haven't the courage to get started. Screw what everybody else thinks. Because remember, I did mention earlier when we talked about it, everyone's got their own problems. Maybe yeah. bigger than yours as it is, right? It's not just all about you, you know? Totally. If you think about it that way, man, no one cares, man. They've got their own freaking problems. If you're scared to go to the gym because maybe you're out of shape and you're afraid that the hot chick is going to laugh at you or look at you, she's more worried about you laughing at her because as, no matter how hot she is, she's probably insecure about herself too. You just yeah. don't know because you're only thinking about yeah. yourself. You see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, never, <laughs> it's never good to compare yourself to anyone anyway, but yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. Yeah. Um, oh, that's funny that you mentioned that, actually. That was like, <laughs> kind of on my mind when I was walking through the gym the first time, like on the tour. And I'm like, damn, my belly's bigger than almost everyone in here. <laughs> Dude, I hear you, man. But I you mean, it's not right? huge, but I'm like 25 pounds, maybe 30 pounds, I think, to lose. I got you, man. Here's one thing. If you ever, I'm not sure if you feel this way, but if anyone does feel insecure in a place like a gym, because that's almost like the ultimate uh, testing ground for your mental fortitude, right? Um, to see if you're an insecure person or not, because everybody's worried about being judged, especially when it comes to the physique, right? Like, let's be honest. Um, and so when you're in a gym and you feel insecure, do this little mind trick. Remember I mentioned the redirection of energy, like anger mm -hmm. into positive? Mm -hmm. Do this when you're feeling insecure, Look at someone else, and once you make eye contact, notice if they kind of look away. What does that tell you? They're insecure too. They're no different than you are. They're suffering just like you. So have some empathy. Give them a smile, you know, mm -hmm. and you can both get along. And you guys might just have better workouts because of it, a little energy exchange. You see what I'm saying? Um, absolutely. That's a cool way to look at it, man. That's yeah, a good man. idea. Very cool. Very cool. And I'm going to be doing it soon, too. And when I stretch, um, I, I need to just stretch more, too, because it's important. And even that, it's like, man, it's been a while. Like, I got to get used to this again. <laughs> right. I hear you, man. But that's huge, you know, and uh, just doing push-ups and sit-ups and things like that. Like, uh, it's going to take a little bit to get things in shape for myself. But um, having spoken with you, I've got a couple of things now in my corner I'm going to use personally to attack my goal because it's really important that I get fit. Like I think, you know, as we get older, you know, we realize more and more that our mortality is uh, fast approaching and, uh, you know, it's going to get here sooner or later. So we might as well enjoy the ride. And, you know, you reminding me really of the body as the temple. It, it, I feel like such a hypocrite, to be honest, man, because, you know, um, I really could have taken better care of mine and it's not terrible, but it's not great either. And I just, I feel like kind of an ass because of it. You know what I mean? Like, so that motivation is one of the things that gets me to really want to kick myself in the butt and do it because, you know, I realize I'm letting myself down and I don't want to practice anything but self-love, you know, I don't want to hurt myself and, right. you know, not taking care of my temple, bro. So, I mean, you know. Uh, I'm guessing when we die someday that somebody's going to have a talk with us about something and uh, I don't want them to have to talk to me about my health. <laughs> I'm sure, man, I hear you on that one. You know, I do want to mention something real quick, man. I know we're kind of cutting short. Oh, we're good. Yeah, we got about six minutes. You know what's beautiful when having good conversation? You can always tie back to ideas that were mentioned earlier. You notice that? It's just the flow of energy and thought. I love it. I love it's that. It's freaking awesome, bro. So totally. anyways – you just mentioned that obviously, you know, you feel like sometimes you could have done a better job with your physique, right? A lot of people feel that way. I get it. Think about this, though. Remember I said earlier when you asked me if I ever played team sports and I said no and you asked me after 
you ever feel kind of bad that you didn't like kind of guilt that you didn't participate mm-hmm. i actually use those occasional feelings of guilt for not doing that to my advantage remember energy exchange mm-hmm. remember what i just talked about energy exchange so use that as your fuel man use that dark side to your fuel like say to yourself man Todd is still a young man. By the way, I say that because I sell health insurance also full-time currently. Mm-hmm. And my clients are like 70 years old plus. So you're still young, believe me. Right um, use that energy, man. Like you're still, I'm not just saying this to sugarcoat it, man. You're still a young man, literally. Okay. okay. Compared to seniors, you're good. You still got plenty of time and a lot to give. So use that energy, man, and redirect it, transmit it to something positive. Action now. If not now, then when? You know, screw it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, is there anything finally that uh, we might have missed or anything else that you'd like to add? Hmm. Not that I can think of, man. I mean, you've done a beautiful job of just really just streamlining the conversation in a very organic way, man. So do appreciate Thank you. you that, man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just shooting from the hip and I hope uh, people can appreciate it because that's what I'm hoping other people will glean is like, Hey man, like listen to this guy. Like, I mean, what's, you know, it's like, Oh, I want to go talk to that person. And I'm hoping it'll inspire people to reach out, man. And I really do. And you're a perfect guest. I really can't thank you enough for today because honestly, like your energy and your attitude and everything is exactly the kind of thing that I really admire, quite honestly. And it's inspiring, you know, and uh, when I see somebody like you or Wes or somebody, it's like, oh boy, like, man, I can't imagine what kind of effort it took to get to that point. But, you know. Um, one thing at a time. <laughs> That's it, man. A step of a thousand. What is it? A journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Something like that. It, it's good. so. It's so true, brother. It's so true. And just wrapping up, let's make sure people know how to reach out to you. How do they find you on the internet, Danny? Absolutely. Thank you. I do appreciate that, Todd. So on Instagram, uh, my name Danny Boy Cardenas. That's D A N N Y B O Y Cardenas. Danny Boy Cardenas on Instagram, and that's my uh, spot, if you will. <laughs> awesome, and it's C A R D E N A S. Just in case anybody was wondering, do you have a website as well? No, not as of yet. Oh well, if you want one, I've been a web developer for more than twenty years, and I'd love to hook you up. If you don't have somebody already, but just FYI, you can look to me for assistance in that way if you'd like to. All right, man. I do appreciate that. And um, can we find you anywhere on social, man? You got to give yourself some uh, exposure there, man. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I hate social media, but I've got to learn to embrace it, man. I'm all over the place with my music. I I make music also. And so I have a band called Electric Sex that I've been doing for a long time. It's on SoundCloud and Facebook. And, um, you know, I tried my hand at creating a mobile app company a long time ago, and that didn't quite work out. But that's part of my Facebook profile and if you go and check it out but yeah i'm not here to plug myself if uh-huh. people haven't found me already then you know whatever <laughs> hey, but that's a beautiful thing yeah we need to get you hooked up with your own little website and you know a little system to help you maybe do some courses and help people to learn and uh create yourself some passive income because i totally get that you're doing health insurance and uh that is a great business i'd love to talk to you about that too i'm curious about that often 
off the air. Um, just kind of wondering, you know, what it's like for you. But um, yeah, man, your passion and your drive and your enthusiasm, it's infectious and quite beautiful. I just want to thank you sincerely, Danny, for being on the show today, man. Hey, thank you for the opportunity. Also, the uh, the offer to help me with the web page, that goes a long ways. And uh, Totally. Yeah, Maybe we can help each other, bro. Hey, that's what it is. I'm open here for it too, man. Little energy exchange once again. Nice little way. Dude, to end, right? I, I actually really believe in that sort of thing. When I can get somebody else who's authentic on the other end of that conversation, I'm always interested in that. So, um, just a little heads up. I'm actually trying to build my portfolio because I'm thinking about starting an agency and doing some AI um, automation and marketing for people and stuff like that. So, okay. Um, yeah, if you ever. Uh, you know, if you were thinking about it, this is an opportunity that you probably don't want to pass up. <laughs> All right. Appreciate so, so, but no, I actually would like to work with you too. So maybe we can figure something out. We'll see. But, right on, my brother. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. And I hope you have a great rest of the night. Todd, thank you, man. God bless. You be safe, okay? Thank you. You too, my brother. All right. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Toddcast Show. If you found today's episode helpful and meaningful, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's next. Remember that the Toddcast show is all about community and connection. So follow the podcast on your preferred social platform to keep updated on everything I've got in store. Also check out toddcastshow.com to find out more and stay connected with me, Todd Mira. Be sure to tell your friends and family about the Toddcast show so the podcast family can continue to grow and share on an international level. See you over on the next episode. Hi, I'm Todd Mira, host of the Toddcast show, and I want to share something personal with you today. Throughout my own life, I've struggled with issues I didn't even realize I had. Things like depression, past trauma, PTSD, and feeling disconnected from the people I loved the most. It took me hitting rock bottom to realize I couldn't fix myself alone. I needed help to unravel the tangled knots within my life, find myself again, and become stronger in the areas I was weakest. It wasn't an overnight transformation, but with time, I learned to change my thinking, my attitudes, and my entire paradigm for the better. I learned that it's good to ask for help, and that's why I want to tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the Toddcast Show. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and the best part, it's 100% online. You can participate from anywhere, anytime that works for you. It's simple to get started. Simply answer a few questions about your specific needs and personal preferences in therapy, and BetterHelp will match you with the perfect therapist from their network. It's really that easy. You can message your therapist anytime you need support and schedule a live session when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp is committed to ensuring that you find the perfect match to guide you along your journey to well-being. As someone who went through therapy and came out way ahead of where I started, I want to invite you to take this step to a healthier, happier you today. 
My life was transformed through therapy, and yours can be too. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is hand-picked for you, all at a shockingly affordable price. And as a special offer for our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by using the special link, betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Toddcast. You don't have to face life's challenges alone. BetterHelp is here to support you through the big and small issues of your life in a way that can really make a huge difference, both short and long term. Take the first step towards a healthier, happier you. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Toddcast to get started today.